What's going on, family? What's going on? What's going down? What's shaking? Welcome to Jonathan Souls Podcast. This is Jonathan Souls speaking with you now. I got the honor and privilege of talking to what I would consider a renaissance man. Somebody who uh, went to school for engineering and law and uh, messed around and, and wrote a stage play and gave us a fantastic sci-fi book by the title Talent of God. He partnered up on this book with the action star and documentary filmmaker, Wesley Snipes. I'm talking to Ray Norman. How you doing, sir? I'm doing fantastic, man. How about yourself? Real good, man. Real good, real good. So you, you got to tell me, man, before we get into the book, and, and for people who don't know, Talent of God, um, just on like the last couple of pages, is a fantastic book. Um, if you guys were a fan of Blade, you know, the, the original Blade and, and some of the movies, you will definitely dig this book. But um, how did somebody who went to school for engineering and law start writing? Well, you know, I always had an interest, even as a young child, in telling stories. I would write stories for our school newspaper and just write short stories, you know, to, to give to my family and friends. But uh, I really started taking writing seriously when I was in, in college. You know, I was inspired by people like Spike Lee and John Singleton who were uh, doing scripts and doing movies. And I thought to myself, you know, I, I like telling stories. So I started uh, working on learning how to do screenplays uh, in addition to uh, short stories. And when I was in law school, uh, I was, uh, was when I was putting together the idea, the initial ideas that I had for Talent of God. And so uh, just working on that project, I did a lot of ghostwriting over the years for different doctors and counselors on books for health, nutrition, and spirituality. Ghostwriting? Uh, you said ghostwriting? Yeah, did ghostwriting. Did you ever work with Drake? No, no, no. I haven't had a chance to work with him. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, man. Go ahead. <laughs> and, you know, had the opportunity to uh, work on putting together a stage play, which uh, thankfully was put on this year. It was a, a nice production met with a lot of successful and uh, positive reviews. Tell us a but, little you know, bit really about just, the stage play, and you thought your family was crazy. Well, it's about uh, an African-American family coming together uh, for the uh, Thanksgiving holiday, and each of the characters has their own uh, quirks and foibles and uh, uh, personality traits. And so when you're putting all these different characters from a grandmother to a brother who's a street hustler to an another brother who's a professional and different characters conflicting with each other, you know, during this uh, gathering, uh, it just gave me a, a lot of uh, ways to kind of express, you know, some comedic uh, in, uh, themes, you know, as well as, um, try and create a story that would be very family friendly as well. Okay, okay. Now it's funny that you mentioned humor because throughout the book uh, "Talent of God," there's a lot of humor. I mean, it's not a comedy, but you know, in the most tense situations, you know, the characters, you know, uh, drops, you know, just a couple little kind of, you know, quirky kind of humorous kinds of lines and stuff. Um, so. Right. You, you you went to school for engineering and law, but you didn't go to school for writing. No, it pretty much was uh, was self-taught just over years of, you know, just doing practice writing and, you know, just having different stories to tell. Um, and, and, I, and I would do this in my spare time. I worked uh, for a couple of years as an attorney with my father before he passed away, okay. and then I went Listen into corporate America. But it kind of, the, the writing was kind of my safe haven, you know, even though I was in corporate America or in the law, 
as stressful as those things could be, you know, I, I took, you know, a lot of enjoyment out of being able to sit down and think and meditate on a story and characters, you know, and hopefully develop, you know, a story that people would enjoy and uh, find merit to. So, you know, writing really has been my passion. I did do engineering and law, but uh, ever since I was a young person, you know, writing was definitely where my passion was. Now, usually when folk come home from work, you know, they, they're exhausted, they kick the cat or the dog, kiss the wife on the cheek, and then watch <laughs> television. Like, do you have a writing ritual? Like, how did you squeeze writing in, you know, with a busy corporate career? Well, you know, uh, I had to make time for it. And there was, to make a lot of sacrifices, you know, of my free time. But, you know, there's an old saying, you know, a writer writes always, and you can't write just when you have inspiration. If you're waiting for certain inspiration to write, you may never sit down and do it. So I had to kind of take the mindset of looking at my writing and approaching my writing uh, with the same type of discipline that I would have to apply to, you know, my corporate life, my, you know, my nine to five. So, you know, after work each day, I would make sure I set aside at least two, you know, two and a half hours, you know, after coming home to just do nothing but write. Okay. And uh, that's how I managed to, to, to uh, get through the projects while working, you know, in corporate America. Now, where did the idea for Talent of God come from? Well, I uh, had always wanted to do uh, a book about spiritual warfare, and I've always been interested, you know, in the concepts of angels and demons and the, uh, the unseen battles that may be taking place in the spiritual realm, and I thought it would be great to have uh, a hero that was a spirit warrior, you know, who derived his power from the Most High, you know, and uh, what it would be like for him to be, you know, kind of like a warrior monk but from a, a spiritual standpoint. And so I wanted to create a story where uh, Talon would be directly confronting the forces of evil. Uh, and as you know, for just a summary, you know, the book, you know, is basically an evil cabal of men trying to uh, literally create hell on earth by uh, pushing this chemical that gets people, you know, demonically possessed against their will. And I wanted to have, you know, a couple of spirit warriors step up and combat this, uh, this evil you see, know, that's, using the power see, of the see, that's what threw me. You talk about an evil cabal pushing this evil chemical. I thought you was talking about the pharmaceutical companies. <laughs> can you, well, can you, you talk know, a, uh, little about, a little bit about the bad guys, the evil cabal? Yeah, well, the, uh, the, the, the main villain in the, uh, the story, his name is Christopher St. Luke. He's a billionaire industrialist. He owns his own pharmaceutical companies, but has diversified into the drug trade, the weapons business. You know, all over the world, he's kind of like an octopus with his hands in so many different legal and illegal um, uh, businesses. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we, as the story goes on, you know, he's revealed to be a very sinister individual, you know, who has goals of world domination and uh, wants to create hell on earth. And using his uh, pharmaceutical companies, you know, they were able to come up with this uh, chemical compound that would break down the barriers between human consciousness and the spirit realm and would cause the people to become demonically uh, possessed. So he did that in the, in the hopes of being able to create, uh, you know, a very negative uh, energy on the planet and one that he could rule pretty much as, as chief evil in charge. Yeah, that was uh, one uh, line that um, uh, St. Luke uh, talked about. And I thought it was kind of like a boss cosmology. He said that, uh, you know, hell is as far from earth. Or he said something like uh, hell, earth is, a, is, is as far above 
hell as heaven is above earth. And what's right. separating uh, earth uh, from hell is a barrier, and that barrier is death. I was like, oh, yeah. snap, that's kind of a dope, you know what I mean, cosmology kind of a thing. Um, when you started, yeah, yeah when you started uh, like character building and world building, I mean, did you come up with an outline first? Uh, did you just, just start writing just a draft and, you know, go all the way through and then come back? I mean, what's your what's that process like once you start putting pen to paper? Well, usually uh, I'll try and, you know, get. I kind of do the old-fashioned way. I start off with, you know, a, a legal notepad and a pen, and I just start jotting down my ideas uh, for plot and for characters and what I think the story should be about. And then you know, from those notes, I'll condense them even further and uh, maybe write a short story about what I think I want to accomplish. And, you know, it, it's, it's a, an, an unfolding process, okay. going from just a, a general story down to more of the specifics. But, you know, really to answer your question, it is kind of a methodical process with me because I like to have a roadmap to follow. I like to know how the story is going to begin, what's happening in the middle, and how it's going to end. And sometimes I come up with the ending before the, be before the beginning. But, you know, you just work to put the whole structure of the story into an organized fashion. And then, you know, once you, once you know where you're going, it's just a matter of sitting down, letting the creative juices flow and you know, let the prose and the story almost kind of write itself. Because, you know, I, when I'm writing, I literally can see and hear the characters in my mm -hmm. mind. Yeah. And I'm just typing what I see and hear. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. You know, there are some similarities uh, between the characters in your book and the characters in the recent uh, Marvel Black Panther movie in the sense that they're a very, um, uh, there's a, a very nice balance between, like, the male protagonist, Talon, and the uh, the female protagonist, uh, Dr. Lauren, I believe her name is. Um, how did you strike that balance between like a male and a female lead kind of a thing? How did you strike that balance? Well, you know, I wanted to start off with the, the proposition being that, you know, uh, a female warrior could be, a spirit warrior could be every bit as powerful and uh, imposing as, as a male character. You know, and it just so happened, you know, in this book, you know, Talon is the more experienced of the two, and he, you know, kind of uh, brings Lauren into the fold and, and is training her and instructing her in the ways of faith and spiritual combat, you know, so that you see by the, by the time, I don't want to give too much away, but, you know, by the end of the book, you know, she really comes into her own yeah. and is able to stand on her own two feet, uh, you know, as a warrior in her own right. And I think that, you know, in terms of what you were mentioning about Black Panther, you know, showing the balance between, you know, the, the strong male characters you know, the hero Black Panther, along with, you know, having so many strong female characters as warriors in the movie, you know, I think they wanted to strike the same balance. You know, we, we really want to make sure that it's not one-sided because, you know, uh, the ladies can be every bit as much uh, spirit warrior as the man. Yeah, and the other thing I enjoyed about Black Panther and, and also uh, Talent of God is that the female characters were still feminine. You follow right. me? I mean, we'll see more in the deleted scenes, but, you know, um, uh, Angela, Angela Bassett's character, uh, the queen, and Shuri, the cute little kid sister, they were very feminine, you know, and mm -hmm. everything. And, you know, the, the, the warriors, um, especially uh, the general, um, you know, they had that feminine side, and then they had to open up a can of kick-ass side. And you can kind of <laughs> right. see uh, Dr. Uh, Lauren's uh, evolution throughout the, uh, throughout the book. Um, you know, just this kind of delicate, you know, uh, ER doctor, 
and then she gets transformed, you know, into this into this other thing. So is this based on any characters in your life, mom, dad, sister, anything like that, these characters? Well, you know, I think, you know, my mother was definitely a strong uh, influence on me. You know, she had kind of uh, raised us in the church from the time that we were young and got us a lot of literature on uh, faith and spirituality. You know, and she had endured, you know, a number of different trials and tribulations throughout her life. And yet, you know, she still was able to put myself and my brother and sister, you know, on the path of, you know, wisdom and knowledge and, and seeking after the Lord and desiring to learn and, and uh, live truth you know, according to trying to do our best, uh, according to the scripture. And, you know, I took a lot of inspiration for her. My mother was a school teacher, but she was a no-nonsense person. Okay. You know? And uh, so she served as a, as a very good role model. And I've known so many different women over the years, you know, who have uh, been strong uh, warrior, uh, very strong presence. You know, my wife is a very strong and uh, beautiful and supportive woman, you know, and I've yeah. had friends. Uh, lady friends who, uh, you know, were every bit, you know, as uh, qualified spiritually and on fire for the Lord as, as any man that I've met. Now, I'm, I'm going to tell you, brother, I'm going to be perfectly frank with you. I'm about as atheistic as they come. All right. Okay. I grew up in the church and everything, but, you know, don't ever study history. <laughs> okay. But there was so much action and uh, so much... Uh, I don't know, just the interaction between the characters, you know, even the affinity that the doctor developed for talent. Because first she thought he was a, a nut job. And then over the time, she began to respect them and admire. I mean, it was just some so many delicate threads woven throughout this book that, I, you know, I let, mm -hmm. I let you slide on the religious stuff. You know what I mean? I let you slide, okay, brother. Okay, <laughs> you know? you, you, you okay. Were, you were able to go with the flow. Yeah, right? man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, I'm not going to tell everybody, but it's not... It's not hard on the Christian thing. Talon uh, made it clear that, um, you know, uh, uh, that, you know, there's a variety of, of spiritualities that are valid. Right. Uh, he said right. that early in the game. So um, now the, the novel takes place in Chicago. Is that yeah. like has some significance for you? What happened? Yeah, well, I uh, uh, lived in Chicago for a number of years uh, and have a lot of friends and family you know, in the Chicagoland area. And, you know, you know, being familiar with Chicago, it just seemed like the perfect location. And as you are probably no doubt aware, you know, Chicago has its fair share of violence and problems yep. and uh, uh, issues to confront. So I said, you know, what, what better battleground, uh, you know, for spiritual warfare than on the streets of Chicago? Mm. Yeah, I even heard that um, one of your politicians was asking the U.N. to send troops to, to kind of help, uh, you know, quell some of the violence. I don't know if you've heard uh, anything. Yeah, I like heard that. that yeah, I've heard. I, I can't remember. I think it was one of the aldermen, and I can't recall his name. But he was suggesting to bring in uh, National Guard troops to patrol the streets. And I think, you know, it sounds good, like a good idea on its face. But we don't want troops with armed, you know, with, with uh, automatic rifles and right. uh, tear gas and tanks and armor. But, uh, personnel carriers and all these things roaming down the streets. There's enough guns, there's enough violence, there's enough poverty and sadness uh, and morose in many areas on the south and west side that just to bring in a standing army is only going to antagonize things. Exactly. Because, you know, you're, you're really not getting to the heart of the issue. Why is there so much violence? Why is there so much unrest? You have to look at the fact that 
there's very little after-school activities for the kids. There's very little uh, economic opportunities for young people to get jobs and to uh, be able to further themselves, you know, in, in their career or in their education. You know, so you – and, you know, there's so many areas where there's literally food deserts, yeah. you know, where you can't even go to a grocery store to get fresh fruit. You know, it's, it's all junk food and stuff like that, you know. Mm -hmm. So um, I think until, until we really get to the heart of it, and I think we have to look at the economics of it, uh, that was, is, is one of the only things that I think is going to bring peace to the to the city. So I, I, I'm personally not a fan of the, the National Guard. Not at all. Man. I mean, nothing cures crime like a full belly and full employment. You know, mm -hmm. people people don't do that stuff because they're bad people. They do that stuff under duress, out of necessity. Yeah, they're under duress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I tell you, you, you kind of captured that duress um, when you talk about, you know, when the, the, the character, the female uh, leads uh, brother Robbie or Robert, um, you know, how uh, he was trying to get his uh, hip-hop career popping and he decided to dabble into some, uh, let's say, uh, possibly illegal activity. And, right, a little uh, drug dealer. Exactly, a little <laughs> bit, a little bit. And, uh, you know, his whole evolution, because I thought he was a lost cause, to be perfectly frank with you. But um, yeah. so so you got this thing about redeeming everybody, Ray. You, you, no bad apples, yeah, well, you man. Know, you don't let no, leave no man hey, you know, behind. I'm, What's the I'm, deal? I'm, I, I, think, I think I'm a softie at heart, Jonathan. Uh, you know, uh, I, uh, I like to think, uh, to, 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 to try and find the best in people and, you know, believe in second chances, you know, and I, you know, I like the character of Robert. He, he can remind you of many people you might know, you know, when you're a younger person, you know, yep. making some wise decisions and some unwise decisions. And, you know, he finds himself caught up in the uh, uh, the mix with with a character like Lincoln Black, who is just an absolute despot you yep. know, of an individual. Yep. And he's he's out of his water. He, he's not mentally, physically or any way prepared to deal with somebody like Lincoln. And so I did want to show uh, his his transformation from being, you know, very selfish and self-centered and, you know, wanting to run the streets, you know, in defiance of his father, uh, who was a minister, Maxwell, uh, and show him have some realizations down the road that, you know, expand his mind uh, and his perspective uh, spiritually and, and learn some lessons in how he should be conducting his life. Okay, okay. Speaking of characters... You uh, you have a, a very well-known uh, co-author on this book, Mr. Wesley Snipes. Can you Absolutely. tell me uh, what it was like? How did you guys connect, and what was the process like uh, writing this book together? Okay. Well, you know, I was introduced to Wesley through a, a mutual friend we shared. You know, previous to meeting Wesley, I had been working on a supernatural thriller story uh, for quite a while, and uh, my friend passed along a copy of my story to Wesley to read and see what he thought about it. You know, as it turned out at the time, Wesley was also working on a spiritual warrior concept uh, of his own. And when Wesley uh, read my story, he really liked the concepts and flow and realized that, you know, we shared a lot of the same ideas and vibes. You know, and as we discussed our story ideas more and more, it occurred to us that it would be a great idea for us to collaborate on a story that used the best ideas and characters from both of our works. You know, and what we ultimately came up with was the novel we have today, you know, Talent of God. Wonderful. And uh, the star power that Wesley brings to this project, I mean, it must have definitely given given it a boost in terms of, you know, publicity and acceptance, right? Oh, absolutely. We we uh, had a full week's uh, book tour 
uh, last year in in July, you know, starting when the, the book was released on July 25th, I believe it was, and we did, you know, a couple dozen uh, radio shows, and we did, uh, you know, some live television events. We did book signings, a couple book signings in Barn and, Barnes and Noble, and you know, spoke in front of an audience of about a thousand fans, you know, who came out to see Wesley. So uh, he definitely, you know, still has that name value and that star power, you know, which got a lot of people interested in the story and. It was a wonderful experience for me because, you know, I had never uh, really worked with a celebrity with the type of fame and accomplishments that Wesley had. And it was such an eye-opener and learning process to be with him during those interviews and on the book tour. And just to see, you know, the positive reactions of the fans and telling us how much they enjoyed the book and that, uh, you know, they really liked the characters and they could relate to Talon and Lauren. You know, uh, Wesley really, you know, helped make all that happen, you know, just by him being him that's cool that's cool yeah uh, i would say my top three favorite wesley snipes movies is um one he's not even in which is a great and mighty walk he uh, did a documentary on uh, dr john henry clark and then uh, mm-hmm. one night stand i don't know how many people know about that one but he was in there with robert downey jr and natasha kinski and then of course um art of war the first one which is badass. Yeah. So those those are like my three. So I didn't know that Wesley uh, was an author. So uh, that's that's cool. That's really cool. Now I yeah. bought the uh, the Kindle version of the book on Amazon, and I got the hardcover. Where can people pick up the book uh, Talent of God? Well, you know it's it's certainly available on Amazon.com. It's available on BarnesandNoble.com. Uh, it's in your um, some of your major retailers. Uh, but I think, you know, the, probably the best place to get it, if you're looking just to go to a store and pick it up, uh, they, they would be having copies in the, the Barnes & Noble retail stores as well. Now, for the folk who read slow like me, is there an audio book coming, or is that available now? Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's an uh, audio book uh, that, uh, that we have available. Uh, and uh, there's also... Uh, well, what I want to say about the audiobook is that uh, it was a really dynamic uh, job that uh, Malik Yoba did. He did the narration of the book. Oh, wow. Okay. You serious up in Hollywood, brother? Okay. All right. Malik Yoba. All right. That's cool, yeah. man. And, and I really would like to, you know, recommend anybody, who, you know, who's interested in finding out more about the book, uh, about the process. You can see all the interviews and things that we've done and learn a little bit more about the story. We have a dedicated website called Talent of God. Dot com. So that's a one-stop shop. You can learn all about the book. See Wesley and I do interviews. And you can also click right on that website and order the book directly from the uh, the vendors on the website. Fantastic, fantastic. Talent of God, a spiritual action, uh, kick-ass thriller with uh, swords and motorcycles and zombie, demon-possessed type people. Uh, Mr. Ray Norman, it's been an honor to have you on the program. Man, it's been a pleasure to speak with you, brother, and I really want to thank you for taking the time to give me uh, an audience, and I so appreciate you letting me be on your show.